one guy took out an Elon Musk flamethrower and just, <sighs> all right, there goes all your dead ends right there. Awesome. And you're like, uh, did he just flame, did he just take a flamethrower and just like burn his hair? Like that is absolutely amazing. What is up, everybody? How's it going? Welcome to episode 54 of the Last Cycle Heart Podcast. And if you are currently listening right now, I encourage you to pause it real quick, go over to YouTube, and uh, just look at this nice, beautiful tan that I got going on. The first week of Phoenix has finally uh, been concluded, and it's treated me right. Uh, from episode 53 to episode 54, I uh, changed shades a little bit. I got a nice little medium roast going on over here. The sun has been blessing me uh, here in Phoenix. Oh, looking great. All the girls are probably jealous right now. They're trying to get a spray tan and get their tans going on of where I'm from. But just come on over to Phoenix. The sun is out. The heat is pounding. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like I'm in Austin. Uh, like how I was uh, working on the golf course constantly. Uh, I was, if you didn't listen to like my uh, old older episodes, I uh, was the only white guy on a 12-man Hispanic crew and um, worked out on the golf course every single day for eight plus hours a day. So I got that nice uh, medium roast tan again. But uh, since I was the only white guy on a 12-man Hispanic crew, one of the... Uh, the golfers, <laughs> I was thinking of the word for a second, but one of the golfers came over and he came up behind me and he goes, oh, hola. And I was like, uh, what's up, dude? And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, it's all good, dude. Que pasa? No, it's all good. I'm, I'm one of them now. So welcome to episode 54. Phoenix, the first week has been absolutely great. I experienced my first dust storm. The dust storm here is basically a thunderstorm. Uh, with uh, high winds like a thunderstorm, but just with d dirt in it. And so you're squinting the whole time that you're outside, so you might as well just be inside during that. I was surprised that it rained while I was here, but it's rained already three times. So I don't know if we're just bringing the rain with us uh, from Arkansas, but apparently so. And uh, the heat, uh, a lot of people were worried about, uh, or not worried about, but a lot of people were telling me to be weary of the heat like hey drink plenty of water uh the heat is absolutely terrible and honestly it's not that bad it really isn't y'all are being so dramatic yes it does feel like you know when you open up an oven to check on the food and the, that heat that comes out yes it does feel like that constantly here but it's not as dramatic as y'all are making it sound y'all gotta toughen up man i mean i do sweat but i don't sweat like i do with the humidity in arkansas I, I just get that, like, I just have like a nice glazed donut, that's what I feel like, I feel like a glazed donut, and it keeps me cool at all times while I'm walking around in Phoenix, but the first week has been good, baby, we went to a coffee shop called Cultivate, and uh, we're just trying to just go in there, we're going to play some games, invite people to play some games, uh, it's a good little thinking spot, so uh, we're thinking about hanging out there uh, throughout the next few weeks, and then... Uh, we went to the community pool. In the community pool, I, I, I made some friends. Uh, there's a little, there's a group of uh, kids. Uh, I think it's it's similar to what I did as a, as a child, and I miss that side of childhood. It's that they have like these summer groups where the families they just give them to the, these people, and the people like have these groups of where they take them to pools and they do these fun games with them throughout the summer. And uh, I forgot what they were called, but. 
um, but it's like this, it's like a summer thing for kids. And so they came up to the pool and, uh, I started playing basketball, uh, with, with two of these kids and we played, um, 21 and uh, water 21. And so that was pretty awesome. But, uh, I, I, the, the culture is very different here in Phoenix because in the South, you'll find out everything about a person's life other than the negatives. Uh, in aisle eight at Walmart, <laughs> because they'll tell you everything like, oh, God is good. Everything's awesome. Uh, you know, life's just, you know, just, I mean, you know, my aunt Susan, blah, blah, blah. No, here in Phoenix, it's not that at all. I mean, I'm pretty sure these two kids t- told me fake names. That's where I'm getting at with this. It's like, I asked them what their names were and they both looked at each other. They looked at me and then they looked back at each other again. One of the kids was like, oh, my name's Z. Oh, really? Do you want me to believe that your parents just named you a letter? That's all they did. They didn't name you. It's not Zeke, Zachary. You don't go by Z, but they just named you Z. And and then he told me he was from Madagascar. And I'm like, okay, really, Z? <sighs> Fibbing. <sighs> I just want the truth. And then, and then the other kid looked at his friend, Z, and looked back at me and goes, uh, I'm... Alejandro. I'm like, okay, Alejandro and Z from Madagascar. Nice to meet you. My name is Dawson. I should have gave them a fake name. I should, <laughs> I should admit, my name's Zenu. That's that's what my name is. I'm a I'm Galactic Overlord, uh, Zenu. Um, Scientology reference, if you know that. Uh, <laughs> I still want to go to that historical site here in Phoenix. The L. Ron Hubbard's house is here in phoenix and it's an historical landmark for the church of scientology here and i want to go there i really do it's gonna be awesome uh but i haven't made it there yet quite yet no not in the first week at least but um so z and alejandro i met them and we, we were playing uh water 21 basketball and that was fun uh other than that the culture is the people are pretty nice here they're um they're not um I mean, the, I mean, they don't seem too far off. It's just like the barriers are completely different for sure. Especially getting to know people, it's like they they are. It's a little bit more awkward than how it is in the South. You mean usually you just say hi to somebody in the South and they're like, oh hey, how's it going? And then here it's like, oh hey, how are you doing? And they're just like, oh hold on, you're talking to me. I mean, I we usually just ignore each other. So it kind of gave me like that vibe of Brooklyn whenever uh, I went up there for a mission trip. And it's just kind of like uh, in Brooklyn, I found out that if you start complimenting their shoes, it works out. So like um, I might have to start doing that here in Phoenix, <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's been awesome. It's been an absolute really great first week. I found out that um, you can't say that you're here on a mission trip because it's kind of like what we're on, uh, but it's not at the same time. It's a, it's, it's a mission trip slash learning how to spread the gospel kind of trip thing. And that's what Jensen is. But we just summarize it up as a mission trip. And you can't say that here because 6% of Phoenix, which, which is a lot, by the way, a lot of Phoenix consists of Mormons. So if you say mission trip, they automatically think you're Mormon. And I don't know why, uh, I didn't know Mormons coined the term mission trip, but uh, back off, buddy. All right. <laughs> I, I think we coined that first, maybe. I hope. I don't know. Did we coin mission trip first? Uh, I'm going to have to look that up later. Okay. But we'll, we'll get back to that. But as of right now, it's fine. I'll just say I work at a church plant because that's what we had to settle for now because I don't want to be, even though the Mormon temple here is absolutely massive, I, look it up. 
Look it up. Phoenix, the Mormon temple in Phoenix is absolutely, it's just, it looks like a mansion. There's a pull out front. I kind of just want to go visit it for the, for just the giggles, just to go out there and just be like, man, this is absolutely impeccable. But, um, it's, it's all good. So church plant it is shout out to uh, mission Valley. That's a church plant, uh, that my group is working with and I'm working with. And, uh, it's, it's been a great week, honestly. And one of my favorite parts of the week, for sure, um, uh, was definitely... Actually, you know what? Before we get into that of my favorite part of the week, uh, we concluded the week with going to a Diamondbacks game uh, as, as a big group. We went to a Diamondbacks game, and I realized that um, I've been to a baseball game twice in my life. Both with my grandparent, my grandpa, and uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the best. But third time's a charm, right? You would think third time's a charm. You're wrong. Third time was not. It sucked. As usual, I did not expect anything less. We were up in the nosebleeds. You could barely see the baseball players, and you didn't know what was going on. You're like, man, there's eight innings of this or nine innings. I don't know. I don't watch it that much. I'm not much of a sports person to begin with, so yes, I'm a little biased. But at the same time, baseball is of one of the most boring sports to watch, and that's hands down. Like it's It is. So if you like baseball... I, I honestly don't know how, uh, I guess, I don't know, it's just, you have to be raised with it, it has to be in your blood, I guess, I, I don't know, it's just, I guess that's just, has no, that's just not in my blood, blood, but I, I do know this though, if they did take out alcohol in sports, especially baseball, like if they were not allowed to sell it, I'm pretty sure 80% of, I, it's a theory, but I'm pretty sure 80% of all the fans, um, of baseball would just stop watching it completely and stop going to the games because they're like, oh, I can't get a Bud Light while I'm watching the game. Oh wow, this is extra boring now. So I'm not gonna not gonna participate in this. I mean, part of the game too is just like I love just sitting back and watching uh, the fans because there'll be people booing. And then one guy will start booing just to join in for no reason at all, just to feel that he's part of the community. Just like boo, and he'd be like, oh, oh. Oh, that's my cue. Boo! You suck up. Oh, yeah. You suck, pitcher. Yeah, throw a better ball. Oh, th- that's oh, that's our team. Oh, never mind. You keep doing good, batter. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's what the fans look like. And I was watching a guy doing that right in front of me the whole time. He was having a side conversation with his friends, and then all of a sudden, as soon as someone started booing, he just immediately look up and just start just joining in for no reason then i saw a nice image uh that captured my eye across the field it said um let me pull it up on my phone because this was a funny this was a funny uh thing that they had advertised i think where where is it let me find it oh here we go i gotta sing stuff sometimes whenever i'm finding stuff so it makes the podcast still entertaining report guest conduct issue by texting d backs to location d oh okay so you gotta text d backs where they're at to 69050 so i i was tempted really tempted by looking at that sign and was just tempted to i'm gonna have it like placed right down here the image somewhere in this area uh just to text uh, this number and just like report random people for absolutely zero reason at all. I actually wanted just to report myself just so I can get uh, have an excuse to get out of that boring game, but uh, I didn't. I, I sticked with the group, you know, I sacrificed. Um, but 
Anyways, uh, my favorite part of the week uh, was going to an open mic. That was it's it was my first open mic at an actual comedy club in months, and uh, I've been praying for an opportunity uh, to be able to do this. That's that's part of the reason why I went on Ginsend was because I was like, man, this would be awesome to actually develop my craft to be able to spread the gospel uh, through my comedy um, and just, you know, set an example, you know, and yeah, basically glorify God through my hobbies. And that's really what I wanted to do. And I've been so thankful that God has given me that opportunity to be able to do that because usually when you go and you want to be become a Christian and you realize of like, dang, how much of a sinner you are and you got to cut off all the bad habits that you've had and just like, dang, you start realizing things. You have to give up, like, you know, you usually have to give up your selfish desires and then uh, God replaces them with ones that glorify him and they're so much better uh, in the long run, which they are. But then it just seemed like what God did with mine was is he was like, all right, Dawson, you have this hobby and you really love it. I gave you this desire for a reason, but you were just using it for the wrong reasons. So let me just take it, polish it up a little bit, and then now you go use it to glorify me. And I was like, thank you, God. This is awesome. So I encourage y'all, like, definitely, you don't, like, spreading the gospel does not have to be so black and white. It's not like going to someone in a random coffee shop and going, hey, do you know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? And you're, like, sweating. You're looking like some weirdo. And you're like, uh, and the person's just like, uh, do I act like that? Then I don't know if I want any part of this. Uh, no, it doesn't have to be that weird. It's not that weird. Like, it's just, you know, learn to love the person first. It's a slow process. Spreading the gospel is not some quick thing where you just, like, Jehovah's Witness, where you're just knocking on people's doors going, hey, come to church come to this, do this, whatever. It's throwing out pamphlets and looking like, no, that's not what it is at all. Uh, you have to be a representation and just not like completely just look like a weirdo out there. Okay. <laughs> but I went to the open mic and it went amazing. I went up there and I just did my thing. Went off stage and the owner came up to me and goes, Hey, what's your number? I would like to put you in a spotlight mic. My jaw dropped. I was like, hold on a second. Like, this completely blinded me. Like I side swiped me. I could not think for a second. I was like, hold on, you want my number? Like I did. He, he was like, I, you did a really solid job. I, 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 you did a great job. I want you to do a spotlight mic. And then if you do good in the spotlight mic, um, next Thursday, I'm going to put you on a paid weekend show. And I was just like, what? This is absolutely nuts. I mean, God has just came through and opened some doors like legit. I have, I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Here's my number. I would love to. So he texted me it, and he's like, invite your friends, you know, uh, more the merrier. I, and plus also anybody that I invite gets in for free. I didn't even know that. So come on, it, people from Arkansas, come on down. All right, come on down to Phoenix. Come on, you get a free ticket to come watch your boy do some stand-up. It's going to be glorious. All right, going up there and killing it. All right. Oh, I, I can't wait. This is going to be so fun. And that wasn't even my intentions either. My intentions is just to go have fun because I, I absolutely just love comedy. I have no, like, I, I used to have this, brain, like, I have to get famous. That's That was my, used to be mindset. I was like, I have to get famous. I have to do something. I have to make something of myself. 
I'm not in college. I'm not what I'm going to prove everybody wrong. No, my mindset has completely changed now. And it's been so amazing of just how over just the past year of just how much God has just transformed my heart. Um, And I just still have this big desire. That's when you know that you, if what you're really passionate about is like, if it's an actual passion or not, that you just don't care about making money or anything off of it. It's just like, you're just doing it to do it. Like a job you do it. Like no one's got, I mean, I don't think so, but I mean, I don't think anybody has a passion to flip patties at McDonald's, but if you did, that's all, that's awesome. But most people are flipping patties because it's a job and it makes them money. Me on the other hand, like with comedy, I would like to be able to use, use it to glorify God. If I make money off of it one day, awesome. If I don't, then guess what? There's still open mics. I'm still going to be able to go do stand-up. So that, by him doing that and me getting the spotlight mic, opened a door that I was not expecting. And it was an added bonus. That's absolutely awesome. But my thing was to, was to develop a relationship with the other open micers and the other comics. I wanted to go in there and just like develop a relationship with them say, hey, get to know them a little bit better. And I was wearing this shirt uh, right behind me. And uh, I I wanted to basically, I, I wore that shirt on purpose, okay? I wanted to, like, let them know what was up. And I wanted to show them that, I mean, I am a Christian. I'm not afraid of saying it or whatnot. Um, but also at the same time, I also just do give these shirts away. That's also why I was doing. I was like, "Hey, if you're willing to, you know, if you just want to, like, for a small donation, you can get a free, uh, you not a free shirt, but like, for a small donation, you can get a shirt." I'm not like literally all these shirts. I'm either just shooting them out in the parks, or I'm just accepting donations. I'm not asking for like twenty bucks or anything. It's like not a set price. It's just either donating, or I'm just shooting them out of shirt cannon. It's just whatever. That's what I decided to do with them. Um, and that's the mission with them. So that's what I was wearing it to do that and promote that. And, uh, they saw the shirt and they immediately asked me, they're like, Oh, so you're a Christian, you're religious. And I was like, yeah, I'm a Christian. And they were like, all of a sudden got tensed up. I, I started noticing them getting a little tensed up a little bit. And I was like, eh, you good? And they're like, Hey, like, are, are you, do you mind if I cuss around you? Or do you mind if I joke a certain way? And I was just like, I mean, I'm not here to judge, dude. I mean, I'm human. I'm a sinner. I mean, I, I need God. I need Jesus. I mean, God's the only judge. I mean, I'm just his servant. I mean, just like, I'm not like a, I'm just human, man. Like I'm done. right to judge. And he goes, Oh, that's cool. He goes, I, um, that's, that's cool to hear. Like, I mean, as a, for a Christian, it's really going to be hard to hate you. And I was like, Oh, what? I mean, I don't really know how to take that, but I'll take that as a compliment, I guess. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. I mean, hallelujah. That's, <laughs> but it was really, surprising to me because I feel like that was the breaking point from all the other experiences that I've had with people claiming that Christians are or all Christians are judgmental or me just dealing with like people talking about judgmental Christians. My friends had a hard time with finding a a good church because of Christians being judgmental uh, and just like other non-Christians saying that too. They're saying like, oh, oh, uh, all of these Christians are just all judgmental. So judgmental this, judgmental that. All and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's not what we're supposed to be. That's such a bad example. Okay, we're supposed to be like, okay, I'm tired. That, that's basically what I'm trying to say here is I am tired of everybody saying that all Christians, all Christians are judgmental. No, not all of them are. We're not supposed to be, all right? We're supposed to be setting a great example, being more like Jesus, 
every day and setting a good example of that and glorifying him. But if you come up to me, no, no, come up to me. If you have somebody uh, that claims to be a Christian, they come up to you and they, they are judging you and you, come up to me. Let me know of who that Christian is that they're, that they're judging you. And we're going we're gonna to go together to their church uh, during communion. We're going to watch them have communion. Yeah, because everybody's got a past. And, a, and the best way to be able to look at a, a Christian's past is watching them of how they drink the blood of Christ during communion. Yeah, you got that little wafer, which is the, the body of Christ. And you got that little cup of the blood of Christ, which similarly resembles a shot glass. And, uh, I got to tell you, some Christians throw back the blood of Christ like it gives them superpowers. Just oh, amazing grace. How sweet. Sandra, I thought you told me that you didn't drink. Oh, well, I mean, maybe a little bit in college. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah a little bit too much, Sandra, a little bit too much. Mm-hmm, a little bit too much. <laughs> and that was a little bit of a taste of some of the, uh, of one of the jokes that I'm going to be telling on Thursday. So please come out, JP Comedy Club, Phoenix, Arizona. Come on out if you're from Arkansas and you really want to come see me. Come on, you got a free ticket waiting for you, only 19 hours away driving. But if you uh, fly by airplane, you'll get here a lot quicker. But come on, come on, see your boy on Thursday night, June 30th. 8.30, 8.30, yes. I say 8.30 because that's not when uh, showtime starts or when you should get there, but I do have some friends that are quite late to everything, so when you tell them like 8.30, even though it starts at 9, you're like, and they show up 30 minutes early, cool, awesome, at least they're not 30 minutes late, okay, you always gotta, that's the only time that fibbing or in line could actually, and it could be, um, uh, not 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 bad is when you're wanting them to be timely. Um, I don't know I don't know if that's true or not, but <laughs> you just gotta tell them that sometimes, man, to make them show up 30 minutes early. But no, I'm tired of the judgmental Christians, man. I'm tired of hearing it. We, we need to love one another. That's the very that's the biggest thing. Is is um, there's a Bible verse uh, that we'll be getting to later, um, but it's from my favorite book, Ecclesiastes. I've talked about it numerous times. Of that Ecclesiastes is my favorite book. I'm telling you, Solomon and I, as soon as I get up to heaven, that dude and I are going to have a long conversation because, like, him and I are like two peas in a pod. So similar. Like, I'm just, every time I, I don't know if you have a book in the Bible, like Christians, if you have a book, you every Christian probably has at least one book in the Bible that they always can constantly go back to. And just every time, it doesn't matter how many times they read it, they're just like, man, it just, oh, it hits every single time, every just page, verse. That's Ecclesiastes for me. And I read a verse in Ecclesiastes that I'll be getting to later. And uh, it, it talks about judgmental Christians are being overly righteous. That's the better term for it. It's just over, overly righteous, uh, being too good for everybody. And it's just, I don't know, man. Love one another. That's, that's the biggest thing is like I really want to change. And I want to set that example of just not being like, you know, not, not letting everybody just view Christians as just some judgmental like club, you know, that just like full of people that think they're perfect, which is, we're not. We're, I mean, like, dude, I'll be honest, promise that I suck. I still sin. Okay. I still need Jesus every single 
day. It, it's not gonna. It's not one of these things where. You know, you just accept Jesus into your heart. You give your life over to him. And next thing you know, everything's going to be awesome, okay? It's not going to be one of those things where, you know, it's like the prosperity gospel where <laughs> people are like, you give money, you are going to get a lot of money in return, okay? If you give, you're going to receive, okay? It's just, it's just, it's going to happen. Like, it's, God prom God doesn't promise anything, okay? Like, he's not, it's like, it's not a promise, like, that you're going to be able to get good, the only thing that he promised that God promises is that when you give your life over to Jesus, that it's going to be the best decision, best decision ever. Like the, the building of relationship with Jesus. Okay. He doesn't promise you that your life is going to be perfect after that. Uh, if so, I mean, then every Christian should be driving around in a Maserati or a Bugatti or whatever, like, like that should be the symbol, not judgmental, not being judgmental, just like, oh, that guy's definitely a Christian, yeah, he gave his life to Christ, and I don't know, dude, he got blessed with millions, like, oh, no, look, there's another Christian, they're just all in Bugattis, all in Bugattis, that's, that's exactly, well, because they, they, man, I gotta be a Christian, man, if I get promised that of riches, then, I mean, I want that Bugatti, <laughs> but that's just not how it works, we gotta work on ourselves, Every single day, be constantly in the Word, and uh, I just want to be able to show the love of Christ. So, if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this podcast, make the decision today. I would love—I mean, I would love to talk to you about what Jesus has done in my life, what Jesus can do in your life, and you know, it—I I would love to have that 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 talk and that experience and um, that kind of thing. But if, I mean, if you are a Christian, then keep on loving, man. Like, that's the biggest thing about today's culture is that people just don't love on each other and get misconstrued. It's like, I mean, we got to set a better example, guys. We got to set a better example. But we're moving on to the fun facts, okay? And what's the fun fact that I got for you today? NFTs are stupid. And you can't convince me otherwise, okay? NFTs are dumb. You're telling me that... I can, like, my friends got into NFTs. It's, it's a form of cryptocurrency, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, the only thing that I know about NFTs uh, is what my friends have uh, told me. And one of them is very big into cryptocurrency and whatnot. And he, did, he got into this thing called NBA Top Shot. And he, I, all I knew was is there was this pack of car, digital cards. It's not even real. It's just, just digital cards, and it's a pack of them. And he put his name in, his email, and then he waited for like five minutes. And then finally, was he won, And then he waited if he was going to be the first fifty thousand people to get this pack because only fifty thousand of them had the chance. And then if he was one of the fifty thousand, he would have to buy this pack of cards for two hundred dollars for a digital thing in hopes to get a legendary moment in NBA history, which was just Shaquille O'Neal dunking, which you could probably find that on YouTube. I could find that on YouTube. Just a, just a, a gif or a little snippet of a video of just Giannis just dunking on somebody or, you know, just Steph Curry doing a, th doing a layup or shooting a three or I don't know, Shaq making his first free throw. Whatever it may be, you can find those moments on the internet and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. And I know some of y'all out there that are very into NFTs and cryptocurrency are probably Dawson's because you're stupid. You're dumb. You don't know what you're talking about. Really? You didn't do your research. I don't have to do my research. I've looked into it, 
and even people who promote NFTs, they, they, I think they confuse themselves. I really do. I really think they have got like, okay, dude, like, like literally like NFTs are the next biggest thing. That's always what they start out with is it's the next biggest thing. Uh, I've invested into it and I've became a millionaire off of it. I saw an NFT and the world's most expensive NFT is, I think it's a monkey smoking a cigar. That, and it's like, it, it's like $98 million for a wallpaper. That's literally what the NFT was. So I, I don't know what what we've got into but nfts are probably the dumbest thing that i've ever heard of okay it might but then then again you know who knows i might be too hard on nfts man you know one day we might completely switch over to cryptocurrency the usd might completely fall and plummet or we're going to go to the digital age with the metaverse and then I'm going to have to start tithing in NFTs. This is Dawson Iglehart, jacked up on Red Bull, reporting live and interrupting your episode to inform you and ask you, are you subscribed? Are you informed of every time a new episode of the Last Iglehart Podcast is dropped? If not, please pause this episode. Make sure to go like and subscribe uh, if you want to message me or if you want to have any questions or comments or concerns uh all my information social medias and everything are in the description and once again thank you for listening uh to the last cycle heart podcast now you may continue listening uh to the episode and who's doing most of the blabbing about these nfts youtube barbers i watch them all the time I've, i've been watching them i've been on a binge watch uh, mostly because I see them on like podcasts and stuff like that talking about, yeah, these NFTs are awesome, man. They're one of those guys. They are. They just sit back and like, I made millions off of it. You got lucky. Okay. You got lucky. You won't admit it. But I did get into this trap of my YouTube recommended showing me a bunch of just different barbers and, uh, these just, yeah, YouTube barbers. And they're pretty nuts, honestly, because my mom's a hairdresser and she cuts hair and it's, it's pretty basic, honestly. Like, you know, I need a little trim, trim it up or whatnot. It's cool. These guys put on a show. They put on an absolute show. I don't know if you've seen these guys or if you watch them either, but they are, I would rather, I would pay to see them rather than baseball. Honestly, I would watch eight innings of different barbers, uh, going up and just cutting people's hair, just watching eight different haircuts, then uh, sitting up in the nosebleeds watching uh, a, a pitching battle. I, that's, I, I re- that's what I would rather watch. Reason is, is because these guys pay, make these kids pay or these people pay so much money for their haircuts as a specialty, but it's only because of the show. I mean, honestly, the haircuts that they do, yeah, they're pretty cool. But like, it's more, way more about the show. A hundred percent, it's way more about like them putting on a little show for them. They give them like a little nice fancy dinner, give them that little bib, you know, give them that little hot towel, you know. They put they put on the the surgical gloves, you know, when they put on the surgical gloves, they mean business. And so they have like all the flashy little scissors, all that kind of stuff. They do all these, they do flashy things, and that's what really gets me enjoying and watching these things. Because one guy took out an Elon Musk flamethrower and just. All right, there goes all your dead ends right there. Awesome. And you're like, uh, did he just flame? Did he just take a flamethrower and just like burn his hair? Like that is absolutely amazing. Uh, and then I've also seen the other side where it's like mess ups where like some girl's hair would be back and then she, uh, they'll take, uh, 
a very sharp like blade, uh, like like a meat cutting blade, and they'll just cut the hair and they'll like trim it up a little bit, and she'll sit up, and then like her hair is just uneven. It's it's sad. It's super sad. But I love the show. Like I mean, I, I think it's gonna get even better if they add like lions in it. Uh, or they, they have to add different stunts. Like if they had like a lion come out, like, all right, Hey, we're, we're almost done. We're just going to add some texture to your hair. And they just have a lion come out and then stand on this thing. And then like, Hey, we just got a little trim for the top and the paw just comes down, scalps the guy. I mean, I'd pay to see it. It'd be, it'd be interesting. But I think what these YouTube barbers need they need to go on this TV show that I've been watching. It's been on YouTube. It's it's an older TV show. I forgot exactly what it's called. Let me look it up real quick. It's a it's a boot boot camp TV show. I know. I've been I've been really been diving deep into uh, into this. Is it just called boot camp? I think it's just called boot camp. That's literally what it's called. <laughs> yep, I had it right. It was just called Boot Camp. I think these barbers need to go on that show uh, because they do have a part in that show where they, like, shave the kid's head and stuff like that. I think it would be sick if they just went in there, took the flamethrower, burnt all their hair off. It just add, it would add more entertainment and flavor to the show. But uh, I, I started watching this, uh, and it was more out of a, a basis of – it wasn't like I, – I, I just came across it. But the reason why I was interested in watching is because my mom, as a as a teenager, would always uh, threaten to send me to boot camp. Uh, that was that was her big thing. She would always like I would be disrespectful, or whatever. She'd be like Dawson, I'm telling you, a little, little bit more, I'm sending you to boot camp. I'm sending you to boot camp. That's it. I'm, I'm gonna send you to boot camp if you keep on acting up like this. And I'm like, what? Send me to boot camp? I, at the time, I just kept on being disrespectful. But now I'm like. Mom, I, I think you're being a little bit dramatic. I've seen some of these kids now that are at boot camp on this TV show. I'm like, eh, it's a little, it's a little intense. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you were, uh, um, misjudged a little bit or just being a little dramatic, but, um, I wasn't as bad as near as bad as some of these kids. I mean, I think every teenager goes through a disrespectful phase with their parents. I think every teenager does. If you didn't, I, I don't know. I guess you're just the golden child, aren't you? Okay, you just you don't have any problems. You're you're all good. You're holier than that. You're awesome, aren't you? But mo the majority goes through a phase where they think they're you know they know more than their parents. And I went through that phase, and it was um, it was quite amusing to be threatened with boot camp. But now I get to watch of what boot camp is actually really like. <laughs> And uh, what, what actually some of the kids that are on there, what their charges are for. And so a lot of these kids go to boot camp to get a second chance because it's either they go to boot camp um, and they learn to be, you know, better behaved or they go to prison because they are there for like charges of like, you know, stealing, grand theft auto, um, you know, rob robbing, same thing as stealing. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they're on for like different little minor little charges um, it's mostly theft. That's literally what a lot of it is. And it's very entertaining watching the, like watching the bus pull up. Next thing you know, the bus's doors just open. <laughs> there was one episode where the kids started coming out and all of a sudden the sergeant just comes out and goes, did I tell you to get off the bus? Get off the bus now. And he just immediately goes in, 
uh, all the kids just scamper right on in. Uh, one kid couldn't find a seat. Hel- Lord help his soul. Sergeant goes right up to him and goes, "Why can't you find a seat, son? I told you to sit." And he just starts. Sit- he just sits in the middle of the aisle and just starts bawling. That would have been me at boot camp, mom. I just want to let you know that that would have been me. I would have not lasted at boot camp at all. I would have cried day one. I'll be honest. I have a soft heart. I grew up in a household where it was mostly girls. Um, my dad, you know, he would go out and work all the time. I didn't get to see him a whole lot. So I started, you know, I probably, that's probably why I have a little bit more of an emotional side of me. And I just probably would not be able to take the heat. But these kids are getting it as soon as they get there. And then they get off the bus. Four more sergeants come up and they're just like screaming at him. Get off the bus. Just like, just... I mean, just terrifying them. And they immediately take them to the barber shop where I think they should have the flamethrowers, you know, just have the, just each one of them gets a little good old scorch cut. And there you go. <laughs> little hairs dangling or whatever. And it's just, every time they go in to get the haircut and they get buzzed, it's just like this emotional moment where some of them are starting to cry. And then other ones of them, there's, oh, I always, I always love the ones that are just like hard very like they're just like immediately they're like so hard and so intense that they they don't want to they're they're like oh i'm not gonna show emotion that these guys can't tell me what to do because they eventually do break they always eventually do break um there's some that just go to prison or like there's some like that just you know eventually the program like it's not that the program doesn't work it's like they just i don't i don't know some of them do have end up going to prison but a lot of them do get broken down and they do become better so it is an awesome awesome ending of the show. It's not like a whole terrible show where you just see kids just get tormented the whole time. But <laughs> there's this one kid. It's like there would be, there'd be this kid. Next thing you know, you'd be interviewing him or whatever. Have like a little side, little snippet of him. And he's like, yeah, no one's going to tell me what to do. I'm in here uh, for the- Grand Theft Auto. Uh, yeah, I disrespect my mom all the time. No one tells me what to do. I tell my what stuff to do. Uh-huh, yeah, that's why. And the next thing you know, next scene, this is five sergeants around him going, get up, get out of here. They're scattering his stuff all around. They're like, dude, do push-ups. Did I tell you to do push-ups? Yeah, keep on doing it. And eventually he gets broken down. <laughs> And he's just crying and whatever. And then he's just like, you know what? I just miss my friends. That's what it is. I just, I don't know. I don't know what I, what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm like, mom, you were wrong. Okay. But I think that's what white families do. That's, that's what I've noticed. It uh, is just, I don't know if it's a white family thing, just only, but I feel like it's the majority because all my white friends have this same have the same thing. They'll be disrespectful and their parents like my mom would be like, No car, no phone, no friends, no bed, no family. <laughs> You're like, What? That really escalated. I mean, you said no phone, no no keys to my car, no friends, and then no no family. Well, okay, cool. I mean, I guess no family because if I didn't have the family, then I wouldn't have to worry about it. This wouldn't even be a problem in the first place. Can we just do no family at the beginning and, and keep the bed and stuff? Like I really would have that. And then next thing you know, you get everything taken away, taken away from you within like a few minutes, like five minutes. And then about 15, 20 minutes goes by the steam. The boil, the boiling point starts to settle down and then, she comes on back in and goes, you know what? You know, I apologize. Here's your keys back. Here's your phone back. 
Um, you know, you can invite your friends to come back over. Uh, it's all good. Um, and, uh, uh, you can have your bed and your family. I just, I just wanted to apologize. <laughs> and it's just like this whole thing. And it happens every single time. It never fails. Uh, shout out to my mom. Yes. That's what, <laughs> that's what she did. It was the funniest thing. I mean, look, you gotta laugh at it now. I mean, back then, yes, of course, like I was being disrespectful. I don't condone it. Okay. It's just like, you know, those, you know, that thought of like just that cringy moment that you have in your head or whatever, just pop up in your head. And you're just like, Oh man, I can't believe I remember doing that. That was me being disrespectful to my, uh, my mom. I just, I just, Oh, just tense up. I'm like, okay. I, uh, I, I don't like that part of my history and, uh, I would prefer that nice not to be in my brain anymore. But the fact that it does, you just got to joke about it. And it, it's funny now. We laugh about it, but yes, I think every teenager goes through that. But yes, I was threatened to be sent to boot camp and being able to watch boot camp live to actually see what it's really like and what kids go there. It was a really like life altering experience because now I get to sit back and just be like, oh, okay, these are what these kids are up to. And so I really wasn't that bad. This interruption in the podcast is just to put your mind at ease just for the last final minutes of episode 54, just to take some deep breaths in and out, hold it, doesn't that feel great, just to end the podcast episode on a positive note to be relaxed, and this is clearly not to just add filler into the fact that my battery died on my camera, and I had to switch them out real quick, but one more deep breath in. Back to the rest of episode 54 we go. It's all fun and games here on the Last Cycle Heart podcast, but I do want to end uh, this podcast with uh, just a little bit more than just a Bible verse. Um, I just had some stuff impact me this week uh, and just kind of like that's been laid on my heart and I kind of just wanted to extend uh, to you. Uh, as like a motivation or I don't know what anybody's going through, but I just feel like this has been laid on my heart for a reason. And uh, with the stuff with the judgmentalness, uh, and I still don't know if that's a word or not, but we're just going to keep on going with it as a word. Uh, and uh, I don't know, the, the sermon that I heard uh, at Mission Valley uh, this, uh, this Sunday really, really impacted me. And so I kind of want to share with you some of the stuff that we talked about and maybe, maybe that will help and it would uh, not bring so much division, but bring more uh, us just, you know, being together. And um, uh, I'm going to read uh, James five uh, verses 19 and 20. Uh, My brothers, uh, if, if any among you strays from the truth, and someone turns him back, let him know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways saves his life from death and covers a multitude of sins. Um, I, that verse is, that verse very, like, stood out to me, um, as I read James, um, mostly because it is very important, uh, for, you know, especially Christians to be, you know, together, like that's like, that's a very big thing for us is to, you know, have each other's backs, be there for one another, uh, in times of trouble and in times of need. And I kind of feel like that sometimes 
people are not easily accessible and people feel like, especially now, feel like they're alone. And I've just noticed, even with myself, uh, because I've had recent stuff happen and I, uh, my first instinct is just to seclude myself and just go into full recluse mode and not want to talk to anybody. But that is what Satan wants. Satan wants you just to be in recluse mode and just sit and bask in your, um, your, your sorrows and just beat up on yourself and just have doubts and, and lose your faith. And, that, and that's where Satan wants you to be because he doesn't want you to keep on growing. And that's what's so good about a community. Yes, there could be b- bad things uh, in the community as well. It's like, you know, people being judgmental or, you know, th- those kind of things. And you're not getting, uh, you, have, you find, uh, you get a little bad taste in your mouth. But um, that's not what being a Christian is about. And I, I pray that you find those communities like I did. I, I, I prayed and I found the community of where I could be able to talk and be able to talk out my issues and stuff and be able to keep growing. And that's what I hope and pray for y'all too. Um, but don't give up on it, uh, for sure. And that's the biggest motivation that I could get out of, uh, James of what I, it's just like, uh, there's a lot of these transformation stories. Lot people love to hear about like, Oh yeah, I was once a, you know, I'm, I'm a sinner and I was once lost in my ways. And then all of a sudden just, I accept Jesus into my life and, Jesus just completely transformed it. And you just hear these great transformation stories and you hear the beginning, which is the bad and the end, which is good. But that middle part is always not really talked about. And that's what I uh, learned on Sunday uh, at Mission Valley was we talked about that, those transformation stories and about like how those, how that middle part and molding yourself and, you know, uh, being better for Christ is not an easy battle or an easy road to take uh, all the time. And it's, it's certainly, yeah, it's certainly not easy. And it's, and community is much needed and people to talk to. And so I just want to say that I'm there for you. That That's number one. So link in the description, email me, text me, do whatever. Like, I mean, I'm here for you. So, I mean, just seriously, like it doesn't matter who you are. I don't even care if I don't know you. But I would love to be able to talk to you about anything that you have, any questions that you have about God, or just simply the fact like, hey, Dawson, I just need someone to talk to you. Because that's what a lot of it is sometimes, is people just need someone to talk to you because they're going through something. And I know in my times that I'm like, I've been happy that I've been able to have the friends and the community that I have to be able to go to to talk about these things, because I know some people don't, or they feel like they don't. But here at the Last Alcohol Heart Podcast, I can... Stamp you a promise here that I will guarantee you that I will listen to whatever that you have to say if I know you or not. And uh, a big impact was that guy that randomly I saw on the sidewalk and I got to talk to him about what sin is and that he said, do incarcerated people go to heaven? And I was like, of course, incarcerated people go to heaven. It was just that moment that like his face lit up and I could just tell that it was like, he was like awesome that he got that reassurance and I sent him some Bible verses and stuff, and um, I'm going to be checking on him soon, so I'll keep y'all posted on it. But it's just simple things like that. Just love each other, man. And uh, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's rough sometimes. It, it really is rough sometimes, and people go through tough seasons, and it's just really big about just being there for one another and having that community. And um, 
But some some big points that I got from the sermon that I would like to point is uh, Jesus is coming. So he's coming back. That's the biggest motivation of all, especially with Christians. It's like, hey, he's coming back. It may be painful now, but he's coming back. Be patient in the process. I'm learning that every day. Patience is a very big struggle for me because I'm usually a big like, okay, cool. I want to do this. I'm going for it. I uh, I got to learn to be patient in the seasons of uh, seasons of just stillness and being still. And, and that's what I feel like I'm in right now. I feel like I'm in a season of where I need to be still. And so therefore, it's like, it's a little hard for me to be patient, but it's like, I know, I know God's faithful and he, he's, uh, you know, He's been been there before. He's gonna be there again. He's always there. So, I mean, it's just gotta still keep keep on having that faith. And it's um, sure isn't an easy road, but like it sure does like pay off. And that Jesus is coming. And just stay faithful. Stay faithful. Like I like I just says like just stay faithful. Uh, it's hard, but when you have people there for you, it it makes a, it makes a total difference. Um, but yeah, just, just know that you're not alone in your struggles and that, um, that I would love to talk to you, find someone for you to talk to, whatever it may be, but it's very important, but I'll be, be certainly praying that, uh, people that y'all find someone that y'all be able to feel comfortable to talk to, but, uh, definitely, um, it's, uh, it's tough. And uh, I hope I hope nothing but the best for y'all. But just stay in there. Don't be alone. Ugh, it might be tough now, but it will not be tough forever. And you will gr- get out of it stronger than stronger than ever, a hundred percent. And uh, that's and look, that's from also from uh, my own things. I mean, I thought when I was in some of these struggles, I was like, man, this is never going to be the end of it. But then when I came out of it, it's like, dang, I'm glad I've had those because I learned a lot. You you will learn a lot in these times but it's just all how you handle it. Give it to God it, and it will be, it'll be absolutely awesome. But I just want to thank everybody for listening to episode 54 of the Left Cycle Heart Podcast. And thank you for, if you've been a long time listener, thank you for uh, listening as well uh, for as long as you have. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely awesome to be able to do this. I love doing it. Uh, and uh, um, just make sure to like, subscribe, all that, all that stuff, link in the description. Um, and a little reminder that uh, if you are in Phoenix, I am going to be doing the Spotlight Mic Thursday, June 30th, which will, be, which will be this Thursday. So if you're in the Phoenix area and you're listening to this podcast, I have free tickets. Hit me up. Let me know that you can come out to the show. I would love to be able to uh, get you in there for free uh, to watch because it won't be just me. So you'll be able to watch other comics and... Uh, um, just support the club. It's a comedy club. And um, But thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 54 of the Last Cycle Heart Podcast. I will be speaking with you, talking on this podcast sometime next week. I love y'all. Cycle Heart Podcast. You are listening to The Last Cycle Heart Podcast. You are listening to The Last Cycle Heart Podcast.